Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Join the battle to save America with your host, Sean Parnell. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Battleground Live and a special welcome to Rich Barris, a.k.a. the People's Pundit, a.k.a. as we call him here in the trenches on Battleground Live, Savage Rich. And as you can see by the thumbnail with the laser glowy eyes, he is indeed savage. But welcome to all of Rich's great, great people, the Savage Rich Army. What We got to come up with a cool name for you all, but we're glad to have you here. We see you in the live chat. Welcome to the trenches with all of us. Um, it's been a crazy week. I, I got to lead off the show. Um, with something that's just unbelievably concerning, uh, alarming, shocking in in many ways. You all remember where you were on September 11th. I'm sure that if you lived through that moment, you remember exactly where you were. And I, those images that we watched that day, I mean, really affected me to the core of who I am. And again, if you live through that day, it's it's as if those traumatic in uh, traumatic images were seared onto your very consciousness. I mean, I, I, honest to God, like every September 11th, I see those images of the planes flying into the towers. I see the people who were lucky enough to survive. I watch people land on the sidewalk, die on national television. I watch Americans, I mean, whether it's police officers, firefighters, or people with no training at all, run into the building, storm up the steps to try to save people that they never met before in their life in an act of selflessness that was just unbelievable to me. I was inspired by that, by those actions of America's first responders, but just of Americans in general. And when we learned that bin Laden was responsible, I just remember feeling unbelievably angry. You know, as I, I've, I've said to many of you all before, I never thought that America could be attacked like that on our soil. Um, and so much has happened since September 11th. But one of the things that we talked about, we talk about often on the show is how our education system, elementary school, high school and college has just gone off the rails. It's so far radical left that I honestly never thought I'd see anything as bad as this in my lifetime. I mean, they have they've moved the Overton window to the left at warp speed to where now they're they're putting pornography 
gay pornography in elementary schools for young children. I mean, honest to God, that's evil, but that's the world that we live in today. And that is what we're up against as conservatives. We've sh I've shown you many, many videos of these college rallies in support of Hamas in the wake of the massacre in Israel that saw unspeakable horrors visited upon the Israeli people, not necessarily the Israeli military, but innocent men, women, children. I mean, they raped Holocaust survivors, 90-year-old Holocaust survivors. They bound people and burned them alive. They put babies in ovens. Hamas is evil to the core. And these protests, these rallies in support of Hamas, they weren't just in support of the stock platitudes that, oh, free Palestine. Some of these folks were calling for the wholesale destruction of Israel and the genocide that would follow of the Jewish people. Did a whole show on, you know, me wondering throughout my life as I studied the Holocaust how something like this could happen ever. How could just such unbelievable evil happen in our world? Especially, you know, as you wrestle with your faith, if God exists, how does he allow this stuff to happen? Of course, we know as believers, and this, hey, look, this show is welcoming to everybody, but I'm a Catholic. Um, it, he, God bestowed upon man and women free will and the ability to make our own decisions and live our life the way that we see fit. And so not only have we seen college kids calling for genocide, and they are, of course, a product of a very, very broken education system, but it's beyond broken because their stupidity. Their, their, their stupidity is getting dangerous for this country. And as evidenced by this viral TikTok trend that has these kids reading a letter to America from Osama bin Laden and wholesale believing in his, if you got kids around earmuffs, but wholesale believing in his bullshit. Now, I'm going to play for you a four-minute-plus-long video. I never play videos that long on this show, but I think this is unbelievably important for you to watch, absorb, and then I'm going to talk to you about why it's important for you to watch and be aware of this after. But just go ahead and roll the tape. This morning, I read Letter to America, which is Osama bin Laden's letter to America explaining why he attacked Americans. And I am ashamed to say that I not only have never read this letter, but I didn't even know this letter existed. It's wild and everyone should read it. If you haven't read it yet, read it. However, be forewarned that this has left me very disillusioned and I feel the same exact way I felt when I was deconstructing Christianity. I feel uh, a little bit just confused, like I have entered into another timeline. What is this? And yeah, so go read it. So I just read a letter to America and I will never look at life the same. I will never look at this country the same. I will never, I please read it. And if you have read it, let me know if you are also going through an existential crisis in this very moment, because in the last 20 minutes, my entire viewpoint on the entire life I have believed and I have lived has changed. Please read that entire letter.
I need everyone to stop what they're doing right now and go read. It's literally two pages. Go read A Letter to America. And please come back here and just let me know what you think. Because I feel like I'm going through like an existential crisis right now. And a lot of people are. So I just need someone else to be feeling this too. I need you to stop what you're doing and go read A Letter to America. It is literally the craziest thing I've read in a while. And while I can't say that I'm that surprised, I am pretty shocked. So go read it and tell me what you think because I really also need to talk to other people about this. And actually, before you even read the letter, I did want to mention, in reading the letter, I could only think of this tweet that I saw the other day. Under settler colonialism, any kind of resistance is branded as terrorist because the only acceptable violence is violence by the occupier. So this is fucking insane. I just read Osama bin Laden's letter to America, which I will be going through right here, but it's actually so mind-fucking to me that terrorism has been sold as this idea to the American people and honestly just so many Western inhabitants within certain nations that this group of people, this random group of people just suddenly wakes up one day and just fucking hates you, just wants you dead, wants you gone, and this is all because they believe that they're better than us. Like, that is the root of terrorism. It doesn't make sense. They just hate your fucking nation, but... Reading this letter, it becomes apparent to me that the actions of 9-11 and those acts committed against the USA and its people were all just the buildup of our government failing other nations. in majority of these situations and this letter was insanely eye-opening i really urge everybody to google and read it because i thought that i had quite a lot of media literacy but this takes it to a whole nother fucking level where i was just like holy shit like propaganda is genuinely so deeply embedded into our fucking dna read a letter to america you're probably waking up you probably have a lot of questions welcome to the club but we don't have a lot of time to sit and talk about everything because there's still so many puzzle pieces that we just do not know about Go read a letter to America. Like, seriously, go read it. Type a letter to America in Google or whatever you use, then come right back. Because this makes a lot more sense. It explains so much. And I guarantee you, it's going to blow your mind. And let's talk about it. So, go read it. Come back. Whew, it's a lot. It's a lot. does not oh my god oh my god hey 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 are you even paying attention to me right now i read osama bin laden's letter to america the way this letter is going viral right now is giving me the greatest sense of relief if you're muslim and you've lived in the u.s since 9 11 you know more truth than the typical citizen now it's all coming to light because of palestine it Are you even paying attention to me right now? It's hard for me to watch. I watched it once already. I debated whether or not to show you the whole video, but I thought it was important. Uh, There were two parts to that letter that pertain to these complete dipshits in this video. And yes, that's what they are. I'm sorry for the language, but their stupidity is becoming dangerous in these college professors who 
who shape these young minds and and maybe even to a certain extent high school teachers they shape these young minds to allow them to be essentially proving grounds for terrorist for terrorist takeovers in many ways uh but so the first part of this letter is dealing with Jews in Israel um when the terrorist leader wrote the creation and continuation of Israel is one of the greatest crimes, and you are the leaders of its criminals. Each and every person whose hands have become polluted in contribution towards this crime must pay its pay its price and pay for it heavily. The second part that I think is directly relevant to this, uh, the American people are the ones who pay the taxes which fund the claim that bomb us in Afghanistan, the tanks that strike our homes in Palestine, the armies which occupy our lands in the Arabian Gulf and the fleets which ensure the blockade of Iraq. This is why the American people cannot be innocent of all the crimes committed by the Americans and Jews against us. These idiots in these videos pretend to have some sort of faux sophistication on this issue while not even realizing, maybe they do or they don't care, that Osama bin Laden was responsible for the murder of nearly 3,000 Americans, innocent men, women, and children, children that will grow up without a parent. Those first responders, those men and women who stormed into those buildings to save people in that act of selflessness that I told you about early in the program, a lot of those people got sick and died of cancer. lives changed forever, all because of this terrorist. And so not only are these college kids, you know, calling for the destruction of Israel and a genocide of an entire group of people, they're now praising a terrorist who murdered innocent civilians by the thousands in this country. And not only, not only they're, they're, they're agreeing with him, they're applauding him for attacking this country. It's sickening. Part of the reason why I wanted to show you this is that as we're family people, conservatives, we believe in in, in, uh, raising great kids and loving our family. And we also believe that the majority of the issues, you hear politicians talk about this all the time, that the majority of the issues that we have here in this country can be solved around the dinner table. You know, well, we have to make sure that our children Truly never forget that means something. They understand the legacy of 9-11. Yes, of course, but understand that there is evil in this world and that evil must be extinguished by the good. We are good. We are the good people. We cannot be afraid to advocate for our side and speak out against these horrors and speak out against people like bin Laden because this is what we're up against, folks. Our children are going to have to grow up in a world, some cases grandchildren, we're going to have to grow up in a world with these idiots where their stupidity will be weaponized against our country, thereby making America a more dangerous place. These people at some point are going to enter the workforce if they haven't already. They're going to run for office, local, state, and federal, and that stupidity will be making decisions that that affect the trajectory of this country, not only your lives, but the lives of your children and your children's children. Your children are growing up in a country where they are going to have to fight like hell to keep it. I feel like our backs are up against the wall already. And judging by this video, I think it's just going to get a whole lot worse. So keep your ear to the ground on this stuff. Make sure your children know the truth about Osama bin Laden 
And don't, don't let them buy into this BS on TikTok. That's one more thing about TikTok. These ass clowns on TikTok praising bin Laden are talking about American propaganda while simultaneously on an app that is for Chinese propaganda. The whole reason why people are seeing this viral American trend where Americans are praising bin Laden is because the communist Chinese shaped the algorithm and pushed this narrative out to the American people and spread it far and wide to our youth. This is yet another form of warfare against the American people. It's a propaganda warfare. Well, they, that all the fentanyl that's coming across our southern border response that's from blame the CCP on that, but that's an attack on our people as well. So it's just it's just the height of ignorance, and their ignorance is dangerous. Make sure your family and your children are aware of it, and not only aware of it, but they are going to have to fight against it someday. They they deserve to be to know the truth because we're going to have to fight against this insanity someday. So listen, I don't want to, I, I got, let me, let me just thank Deepwell, founding sponsor of the program, great American drilling company, go to deepwellservices.com. Uh, they're hiring all different positions. They're great, awesome company. Cabot guns also make the best 1911 pistols in the country. They're also a founding sponsor on this program. Let me also tell you a little bit about American alternative assets. And then I promise you we'll bring you savage rich bears for the rest of the show. And I guarantee you he is fired up and ready to go. So just stand right one second. We'll do this ad read. We'll get right to rich. Um, Bidenomics is not working. U.S. dollar is losing value and your hard earned savings are at risk. You can act now before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar and volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833-2USA-GOLD. That's 833-287-2465. Or visit protectfrombiden.com because Joe Biden sucks and we all need protection from him. This invaluable guide will outline the precise steps you need to take immediately to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals, all without any tax consequences. So call 833-2USA-GOLD. That's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com. Okay, it is time to bring on the great and savage Rich Barris. Do we have him in the queue? Yes, we do. Savage Rich Barris, welcome to the trenches. Welcome to Battleground Live. As usual, it's great to have you. Well, while I was waiting, I went and I read that letter, and I'm over here. I'm glad you came to me in time here, buddy. I'm going through an existential crisis. Notice yeah. they all <laughs> use the same word. They all use, as if that's we're not supposed to believe. Um, at the very least, they're a hive mind who say and do everything in lockstep with each other. That's creepy to me. That's like a bad episode of Dark Mirror or Black Mirror, whatever the hell that show oh. is called. It's a, it's, that's what it reminds me of. When you hear people talk like that, Sean, in lockstep, it's like that. Uh, and then secondly, uh, you know, and then you, th there are two things that popped in my mind. I just, if I can, I just got to say it. Uh, one is this is why our moral failings, we have to hold ourselves to better standards and higher standards because uh, we have sadly a, a huge population of ignoramuses. And they'll be, when we do have these failings, then they get exploited. People like that take it way too far. The truth is usually somewhere in the middle. It's listen, how you could justify, and you know it, what happened on nine eleven. I I mean, I guess some of them looking at their age, they, they don't even look like they were old enough. Some of them to really comprehend what happened that day. So maybe that's part of it. Um, but listen, I understand the plight. 
of people who feel like there's an oppressor on top of them constantly with their foot on their on their neck or their knee on their neck. Uh, you know, so that doesn't that that you don't fly planes into buildings and kill my wife's cousin, you know, who was going to freaking work. You don't, um, you know, you just don't do that. I mean, I can't understand, you know, you know, I don't, I didn't think you had to be around at that time to be able to separate right from wrong like that. Sorry. No, I completely agree. And your, your words to like have, have my thoughts reeling here, but the Democrats seem to have created a monster because yes, we, we all, I call them the Borg. They do have this hive mind. They are, you know, Soviet era, Russia, low information voters, useful idiots that the Democrats just love, but have they created a monster that they can't control because outside of the DNC last night, I mean, I saw an insurrection, Rich. I don't know about you. A bunch of spindly armed little uh, like terrorist <laughs> sympathizers riding outside of the DNC while members of Congress were inside the DNC. You know how many arrests Capitol Hill police One. made? One. 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 How many arrests were made for burning down federal buildings out in the Pacific Northwest, <laughs> John? I mean, I mean, really? Uh, I think, you know, the good news is, though, I couldn't sleep at all last night. I was just looking, I, I'll be honest, I couldn't. Because I was looking at these numbers and I'm thinking about Minnesota going back to 2020. And I remember Minnesota being very close in 16. We were one of the only pollsters who thought it would be. He outperformed in the uh, Twin Lake suburbs, you know, I mean, the Twin City suburbs, excuse me, you know, where there are these counties that are just heavily Democratic, you know, you have Hennepin and Ramsey, uh, but outside in Washington and some of the other areas, he just did better. And, you know, I was like, holy crap, we're going to be right. This is a two point race. And then in 2020, it wasn't that close at all. We we actually overstated Biden a little bit, which you're going to see here in a second. Uh, but a lot of that had to do with the civil unrest. And no matter, you know, right or wrong, Sean, it doesn't matter that Kamala Harris is on TV saying protest and we'll bail you out with our campaign money. Um, that doesn't matter. Right or wrong, the American people, especially the normies, blame the guy at the top when there are things like this happening. So maybe just Biden's getting the blame for it the way that it has always been in the past. Again, right or wrong, I think this time it's right. Uh, but nobody, you know, nobody from Team Trump was organizing those riots back in 2020. And now, like you said, can they control it? Can they put the, the genie back in the bottle? I got to imagine they're going to try, brother, because there's no way everybody else isn't seeing what I'm seeing. I couldn't sleep because I'm looking at the numbers and I'm like, oh, my God, this is really happening. This is yeah. really happening. I mean, so yes, I okay, so we'll get so Rich has just for everyone watching has some brand new polling from the Rust Belt yeah. that he and I talked about briefly last night. We're going to talk about that in just a second. You know, talk about like putting the genie back in the bottle, Rich. I don't know how they do it because you even had a 400 Biden uh, uh, special appointees of Joe Biden in the White House signing a letter saying that everything you're doing wrong as it pertains to your support of Israel is is they're signing a letter saying that you're wrong. Now, yeah. look, I am not defending Biden in any way, but how the hell does he how the hell does he work with people that that are going to at every turn undermine him? Well, that's the thing. When Trump was president and all of these, whether they were appointed or not, uh, you know, definitely unelected bureaucrats were undermining the president. Whether you like Trump or didn't like him, you should have had the brains and the uh, farsightedness to understand 
that this is going to come back and turn on you one day. This is going to come once you establish that the duly elected elect executive uh, can be subverted, then they're going to do it to you too. And you have to be an idiot to be stuck in your Trump derangement syndrome so deep that you don't <laughs> see that that can happen to you one day. You know, Bernie supporters should have been the first people uh, to come out and defend the uh, former president when this stuff was happening. They're supposedly so-called true believers. They did not. The truth is the left is about the ends, Sean. They don't care about the means. They're about the ends and, they'll, uh, and the exercise of raw power. So in order to get what they want, and uh, you know, I, it, they'll try to put this genie back in the bottle because they'll have to. I mean, eventually we're going to get to Marx's, um, you know, internal contradictions, and that's you know when things get nasty, and that's what has happened in other left-wing societies before when other dominant parties that were leftist parties tried to put their coalition back together again. Uh, things get ugly, and they get ugly really quickly. And by the way. Um, you know, just from a public, from, you know, forget my historian hat for a second, and let me put back on my political scientist hat. Uh, <laughs> that's what's happening with Joe Biden right now, Sean. I mean, yeah. these coalitions are broken. They're broken. How is he going to put it back together? I hear all sorts of people out there. You know, <laughs> so tired of the. I'm so tired of the Twitter idiots, man. The the Twitter the fake right. Twitter experts. I'm so tired of playing whack a mole. It's so annoying. Uh, but th this is not Barack Obama. You know, Barack Obama was toast a year out too. No, Barack Obama right. never fell to these levels, you stooges. See, you know, Black Barack Obama never lost his Hispanic coalition. Barack Obama never lost his white working class coalition. Barack Obama never lost his black coalition, which, by the way, specifically female black voters, they never abandoned him like this in droves. White people and white affluent people who gave Obama a chance in 08 uh, were the ones who were starting to flee from him later, but it wasn't enough and it was never gonna be enough. This this is totally different. Barack Obama I'm never saw his under 30,000 income demographic evaporate, evaporate, John. And that is what has happened to Joe Biden even in the Rust Belt. So Mr. Scranton has a real problem. <laughs> Yeah, as usual, you know exactly where I'm going. You took the words right out of my <laughs> mouth here. Like, as I was yeah, going to talk to you about this Jonah Goldberg article, who, by the way, <laughs> is a, a, a hardcore never Trumper. I mean, he couldn't be further away from the base if he tried. But his he's got this article. Uh, he's a syndicated columnist, but it's Biden only has one choice. And the reason why I'm even talking about it on the show is because if a never Trumper is talking like this, it just shows. You know, what a, an unbelievably strong position that that Trump is in. And yep. let me just he says because he, he talks about President Obama, too, uh, and, and he gets it all wrong on, on a lot of different levels. Oh, so let me just the, let me read this to you. Wrong. He says yeah. <laughs> he said Biden's dilemma and his only path out out of the path of getting absolutely annihilated by Trump can be found in the fact that he's lost support from both the anti-Trump forces and moderate Republicans. Significant numbers of young, black, Latino Democrats have turned sour on Biden. And so have independents. In July of 2021, before the Afghan withdrawal, Biden had 61% support among independents, and now it's 37. And he goes on to say, well, Democrats will respond by saying, well, Obama's poll numbers were down at the same time, too. And he goes on to say, well, uh, well, OK, that's fair. But is Joe Biden, is he going to be able to throw together a coalition like Obama, campaign like Obama? And I just think to myself, it's the same the, the same beltway brained nitwits that, that I, I talk about all the time on the show that can't they, they are so steeped in the old ways 
they don't even realize that it's not even about being an energetic campaigner anymore for these Democrats. Like, look at how Joe Biden won, won use the term loosely in 2020, from his basement. Yeah. Fetterman, you know, in Pennsylvania, yeah. had a stroke, can barely speak. They, they don't even care about campaigning or running TV ads or doing conventional well, campaigning. So he's just wrong on every level, isn't he? He is. I Look, you know, let me pre- let me preface uh, what I'm going to say with this, because, you know, I, you guys have to remember, I don't know how long the audience has been at this, but let's go back to the 2015, 2016 time era, the last Republican nomination and their stupid little poker games on on special <laughs> report at 645. Yeah. They tortured us with every uh, Monday. Through I Friday. remember that. This is a bunch. This is a bunch of Brett Bear like so-called Republicans who aren't. And then the Bill Crystals, the Jonah Goldbergs, the Charles Krauthammers. I have to point this out. He doesn't know anything about the Republican voter because the truth is he never really was one. Just like his friend Bill, who was who's the son of commie Irving Crystal. I mean, these are people who are never conservative, not domestically, not on foreign policy. They snuck their way after trashing Reagan, after thoroughly trashing and, and, and crapping on Reagan throughout the entire campaign against Carter. They snuck their way into his administration and basically stuck their nose so far up Reagan's you know what. They, they, they never came out until 84 when he beat Mondale. And then they decided to reemerge with the shit all over their face, part of my French. You know, I mean, that's just the way they are. So he doesn't understand these people now, Sean, because he he had a brief time where he thought he understood and recognized the Republican electorate. The never Trump electorate he's talking about in that column isn't big enough to do what he's suggesting to do, which is why he follows it up with a hodgepodge of other demographics. This is the same thing people need to understand when they're surfing through Twitter or X, whatever now. Right, you have these people who say, you know, they're mad. It was a contentious primary. And, you know, I think I'm going to run over to RFK and not support Trump. The truth is, the 2016 and 2020 Trump Republican supporter who now suddenly found some reason not to vote for Trump anymore doesn't really exist. It's a creation of these very small groups of people. The truth is, they're less than like 2% in a poll. And I'm talking about a poll that has a 1.9 a 2.1 sampling error. They're not statistically significant. They don't outweigh the dramatic shift that we're going to show uh, people here in a bit. They don't outweigh that shift with Hispanic, Sean. They don't outweigh that shift with black voters. To give everybody an idea, right? If you lose a point, right? And I will say this to Sam, this is pollsters roughly right on the math uh, when it comes to this, roughly. It depends on what the electorate is. You lose one point in white support, you, which is what Jonah Goldberg represents, right? It's not a diverse Republican coalition or so you know he calls it. It's a very white, very old, and very narrow coalition, which is why they could never win an election. Um, every one point of white vote that you lose, you have to do six points better among black voters. The problem with DeSantis's pollsters analysis is that he forgot about Hispanic. He forgot about Asian. And he also forgot that he is doing six points better among blacks. So even if that part was true and Jonah Goldberg was right, that there's some hidden Republican vote that Biden could further siphon away from Donald Trump, it still would not stop him if he really is uh, rising from 31 to 33% among Hispanics to now in the mid 40s to low 40s. Um, you know, New York Times poll, John, four percentage points 
Uh, that's it, 4%. Black support in their final 2020 poll. Now they had them at uh, over 12. So that's more than a six-point gain. And truth be told, I'm using conservative estimates. He is at roughly 20% with when it comes to black support in the consensus of polls. Even if, and I always warn people, sampling, for, sampling errors for subgroups are higher. Even if uh, that's true, it's very conceivable he still ends up around 15, 16. Uh, so far more than the 8% uh, that they, the validated voter surveys uh, claim that he got. So, you know, I mean, it's not enough. I mean, Jonah Goldberg, like the rest of these jokers, are stuck in 04, Sean. They're stuck in 04 <laughs> and actually got into a Twitter fight with one the other day. And he put up this demographic calculator and it, it's it's filled with widely debunked statistics. For you Bushies out there, I, I really hate to break this to you. The exit polls in 04 were deeply flawed. Nobody serious believes them. So uh, they were. George Bush did not get 45% of the Hispanic vote. I'm terribly sorry to tell you, he did not exceed 62% white working class vote share. I mean, this is something people like me who do this for a living know. You should probably do more research. It's pathetic, man. And they're stuck in this mentality. But I'll go ahead. Wow. Toss it back. Uh, well, <laughs> math's well, not there you, for babe. them, Sean. Math is yeah, not I there for them. I, I mean, uh, Savage is always rich. This is why we love having you. Uh, so yeah. speaking of DeSantis, um, yeah. he dropped to fourth on Wednesday in an Emerson poll uh, in New Hampshire. Uh, he, you you wrote an article on your locals page. And for those of yeah. you all watching, I strongly recommend that you go to subscribe to, uh, you know, obviously subscribe to Rich, People's, People's Funded on Rumble, but also subscribe to his locals page because he's got some great stuff on there. You wrote this article um, about DeSantis, obviously, again, yeah. drops to fourth in New Hampshire, but he's got until December 12th to make some very, very tough decisions outlined for the uh, Parnell's platoon, what you mean by that? Yeah, time for real talk here. I mean, this is all very cute on social media and the media loves a horse race, <laughs> right? But it's time to, you know, put the pipe down, you know, put the blunt down, sober up, come back to reality, uh, you know, put the shrooms to the side, whatever your choice is. <laughs> this guy has uh, less than a month to take his name off the ballot in the state of Florida. If he does not drop out before December 12th, his name will be on there regardless. The Florida Atlantic University poll came out, completely confirmed our poll, which is that not only uh, does Trump run stronger against Biden in Florida than DeSantis, uh, but DeSantis is getting killed in his own state. And for those who don't know, he's down 61 to 20. We had it 59 to 19. So very, very similar. Here's something else that's inside the number, Sean, that, that is more than just DeSantis's future political ambitions, which I think he's destroying. Um, and I think he probably did already destroy them, but at least if he does drop out for December 12th, he spares himself, one, the humiliation, and two, being a lame duck, which is not good for the state of Florida. If, you know, my, uh, I love the state of Florida, it's very, you know, good to me. Um, you know, and the fact of the matter is, it I like the path and the trajectory I saw it on. All of that can be reversed by a bad lame duck governor that sends you into a tailspin, and then you end up with a Democrat for four or more years. Uh, that and they take away your gun rights, and they go down the line, and next thing you know, you have a state income tax. I mean, the, this is how this goes, folks. His approval rating is one point positive now. This is a man who just touted for months that he won re-election, nineteen points. 
Uh, they way overestimated the impact of that, by the way, which we've talked about numerous times. Gubernatorial elections do not have predictive value with presidential vote preference. All right, I'm just going to repeat that until the cows come home. I'll be the dead horse over this forever, Sean, because apparently people's <laughs> brains are so thick, it does not sink into them. But anyway, I'm going to keep repeating it until it does. But where is that coming from? It, once he goes underwater, it's incredibly difficult in Florida to get back above water. That's just something that that's that's the um, it's a characteristic of the state of Florida. It's hurt even when it was run by Democrats decades ago, you know, and it's hurt Republicans now. Uh, Rick Scott was the one and only recent governor to be able to have an image makeover, and that was because of Hurricane Irma. It was really a dire superstorm. He handled it very well, and he redid it, basically recast himself in a, in a new mold. If you look at who's fueling the decline in his approval rate, it's Hispanic independents who love Donald Trump, and but they they not go, they're not going to identify with Republicans. They are MPAs, or they'll call themselves independents when a pollster calls. And then there's a chunk of the Republican Party that's MAGA or bust, you know. And they're they're not Republicans; they're Trumplicans. Look, Republicans better get it through their heads. Florida is reddening for sure, and was long before DeSantis got there. But the 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 acceleration in that reddening it doesn't make it a truly red. Um, you know, Republican red state, John, it's a MAGA red state. Ohio, uh, Iowa, they're not red states. They're MAGA red state. You take that out of the picture and somebody collapses. And that's what's going on to Ron DeSantis right now. What'll happen if he goes through this humiliation is that he will go back to Tallahassee with his tail between his legs. There's a new speaker from South Florida who is not all about the old traditional wing of the Republican Party. He will not have a rolled, rolling over legislature anymore. It will be adversarial, and the media will just beat him like a drum every day on one thing after another, <laughs> and it will not be good for the state. That's what people need to understand. You love the state of Florida, then you do not want a lame, deadbeat governor, period. What? And I got family like and friends there, and they're terrified of this. I mean, you're 100% right. just for everyone watching. If it's the reason why December 12th is important, it's the last day yeah. that Governor DeSantis can remove his name from the ballot in Florida. And because if these polls hold out to be true, they're going and to Governor DeSantis, yeah, and they're going. And so he loses his state by 40 points. That's why, for those of you all who are wondering, this is why he becomes a lame duck governor after that adversarial relationship with his legislature. Um, and, and does he want to suffer that humiliation? I mean, it's tough for now, Rich, because even, okay, so withdrawals, he, he, he takes his name off the ballot. He's perceived as weak. If he yep. stays in and gets shellacked, he, he's a that lame duck. It's it's like those two courses of action are pretty bad. Um, and, and my question is, does he have time to save his legacy? And I for a time, I said, you know, even after the listless vessels comment, I said, if he you know, if he withdrew in a way like this, oh, I see the weaponization of the federal government against Donald Trump as a governor of Florida in a red state, I will not allow this to happen. I'm going to throw my support behind Trump. You know, it, it's it's time for this party to recognize that. I thought that if he did that a couple of months ago, he could have salvaged a, what could have been a very positive legacy for himself. But now it's like when you're a 
when your favorables are high and you're popular, you're a popular politician, um, it's easier to do that. But now here he is fourth place to Nikki Haley. You You know what I mean? You just took the words right out of my mouth because now the the answer at this point is I don't really know because he's not 58% approval anymore. He's not, it it doesn't mean a lot when voters think you're coming back to grovel. You're coming back to save yourself. They are, they're not dumb. I mean, this is something that really pisses me off when it comes to, um, you know, influencers and politicians and all these people. Voters aren't stupid. They may be busy and it may take them some time to catch on to things because they're so busy with life and they're so busy with trying to survive in the catastrophic environment that they have left for them. All right. So it takes time sometimes. But at this point now, Sean, if he was to drop out and say, I'm directing uh, you know, what's left in my committees uh, to, to go towards a vote harvesting operation to help get President Trump over the finish line, I'm sure it'll score some point. But I think at this point, people are so pissed that he's doing this. You got to see some of the comments from the, um, you know, especially Hispanics. Uh, there was a great article I shared with people in the, the Epoch Times the other day. And I mean, they even have a word for it. It basically means gratitude for those who helped you and supported you. It's like a cardinal sin. They, they're they not dumb. They know he would never be governor without Donald Trump. And it's just their words, uh, you know, the, in a word, their way of saying what you have told your audience. I've heard you, uh, you know, several times now that when somebody supports you and someone's good to you and your family, you don't stab them in the back. You don't betray them. The interview. You people should go and read the interviews uh, from not only the Epoch Times article, but Florida Atlantic University. Go read them. And I think from the main Main Street uh, pollster, that's, like, that's what it's called, Main Street, uh, I think you're going to find them enlightening. And people are like, look, you know, once upon a time, we liked him. This was about him. He made this about him. And we'd like him to come back and be the governor. But it's not the same. It's like, I mean, Sean, it's like this. For people who let me let me put it in a language maybe some people can understand, ladies, all right, you're in love with a guy, you're totally in love with him, all right, and probably there's not a whole lot he can do to break, you know, to to push you away, right? But one day you come home and he's with your friend, all right. You forgive him and you tell him you're gonna move forward, but the truth is things are never gonna be the same, are they? Right? That's the way it is for voters right now. One of those um, Hispanics that were interviewed. I mean, she patently said, I'll never vote for him again. I don't care if something happens, they throw Donald Trump in jail and they put, you know, Ron DeSantis as the t- at the top of the I will never vote for that guy again. People better understand people are serious when they say this. And I think at this point, Rubio was humiliated. He lost by nine points, eight, nine points, right? <laughs> you get blown out as a sitting governor by 40 points. Sean, even if it was 20 points, you know, 25 points, whatever. You get blown out like that, it's total humiliation. Nobody will respect you anymore. That's how, in Tallahassee, it's brutal. It's brutal. I mean, it's notorious. I hate to tell people, but it's um, it's not as bad as DC. You know, and there's like, you know, he's a big, he's a um, a big fish in a little pond right now. You know, so he, I think him and his team thought they were ready for something they weren't ready for. Uh, but it still is pretty nasty, pretty dirty. And they'll they'll you know they're gonna eat, they're gonna eat what's left of them alive. That's it. Gosh. If he well, goes on if he goes on to get blown out like this. Well, so 
So let's shift gears. I want to spend the the remainder of the show talking about this rust, this brand new, yeah, brand new rust belt polling that you've got going on here. And take us inside the numbers on this stuff. Yeah, so you know because, I mean, it changed a little bit since what we talked about last night. You know, I, I shared with you what the finals were for that. We close it out at 9 p.m., folks. We call it a night. Uh, you know, usually, actually, it's more like 8, but because it's the Rust Belt, it's Central Time. We went till 9 Eastern Time. Um, look, they changed a little bit, but the story is the same, and we're not done yet. So I suspect it'll change a little bit. But when you see numbers like this, I don't expect there to be any kind of dramatic difference. Uh, I don't. I have it in my head, so I don't know if you don't even need to put it in the screen, but we've been conducting the Rust Belt poll for years. Uh, the Epoch Times loved the idea. They picked it up in 2020. And then when the Epoch Times was done, the contract was up for locals and inside the numbers, we kept going with it and we showed people individual states. It includes the big six, what we call uh, the big six, Rust Belt six, Iowa, Ohio, Michigan, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. And we include Minnesota because in some circumstances that state can get very close. I was debating whether or not to put Iowa and Ohio in here because I know with Trump, it's really not that competitive, but I thought let's be consistent, let's do it. It's a very large sample. So far, we've already spoken to over 6,000 voters, uh, wow. just under that, um, 5,600 and change, I think. Let me go and look, this was 5,583. Um, and we tried Iowa, for instance, much smaller state, but we still try to have at least a thousand from each state that we, you know when we're done. Uh, this thing has been a just stunning. The shift from what it is, and it, for people who see it and have it uh, in front of them, what you're looking at is the November throw, 2020 throw up the graphic, number. David. Yeah, David, if they can, up, then they'll the never. Graphic? The November 2020 number, while they're while they're looking for it, Sean, is our final from the Rust Belt poll before the election. And then the right side of it is where we are now, basically almost three years later uh, to the day, just about a week over, right, three years. And for instance, the entire Rust Belt poll, six-state combination, Joe Biden won the combined six-state vote by a little over two points. That's what we had with the Rust Belt poll. We model Iowa about 7.5%, Minnesota 12%, even though we're collecting large samples from each state. So this time, however, uh, this is the total, and I don't know if he's got it, but I'll just tell you, uh, it was a little over 2% for Biden. It's now 5% total across those six states for Donald Trump. Even Iowa shifted. We had Trump up in Iowa by seven, which we understated him a hair. Uh, now, I mean, forget it. I, I, he's up 12 now. In Ohio, we had him up by nine. He's now up by 14. In Michigan, we had him down by two, which is basically what he lost the state by, you know, officially. He's up by two. In Minnesota was the biggest swing, Sean. We overstated Biden's lead there by about three points. We had Biden plus 10. He won by seven. We now have this just under a point, 0.8%. Pennsylvania was Biden uh, by one. It's now Trump by four. Wisconsin, Biden by two. It's now Trump by three. This is stunning. I mean, stunning. In Iowa and Ohio, he is winning every single age group, every single one, even 18 to 24. It's just stunning. And by the way, Michigan, um, a lot of people don't realize in your state, Pennsylvania, in Michigan, they think Republicans win the senior vote 65 plus. In truth, in those states, like a lot of other Rust Belt states, that senior vote is close. 
and Democrats can eke it out here. You know, that's they. That's how Shapiro won by such a large margin, if you look at the exit polls. But even at the presidential level, Barack Obama did fairly well with some older white voters in those states. They were very close in 16. Trump had like a two-point lead with seniors. Where he got the win from was the you know 40 to 49 demographic was huge for him. But 45 to 64, which is the biggest demographic, it looks beyond 2016 now. It looks beyond that to me. So his advantage with that group is bigger than it was when he won those states and the senior vote uh, is which he what he slipped he slipped with those voters in 20. So Sean in our final Michigan poll it was the senior vote in the final Pennsylvania poll it was that 65 plus vote that he slipped from 16 to 20 and he needed every single one of them. Well now it's even worse than it was uh, if you're a Democrat it's it's worse for Biden than it was for Hillary. In our polling, it's stunning. What it is, it really, truly is, stunning. because Trump has never—he's never been. I mean, is that reason? I've never seen him up like this not like ever. That. Not even in sixteen, never in twenty. And I mean, what do you make of this? Is it a constellation of different issues? Like, so we have Trump being the weaponization of the federal government against Donald Trump. People despise that. Yeah. Um, is it the fact that Biden is is not the Biden of 2020 anymore and people see how he's governed and he's been a disaster? Um, yeah. Is it because they, people are, think that Biden's old and he can't do it anymore and they're afraid of Kamala Harris or Gavin, Gavin Newsom? I mean, what do you make of of these dynamics? So a woman in Olmstead, uh, she's 47 or something like that. A woman in Olmstead, which is a county in the southeastern uh, region of Minnesota, voted for Joe Biden in 2020, and now she picked Donald Trump. Uh, it, it really comes down to a general feeling that Biden promised stability. Biden said things to them like, I'm going to shut down the virus, not the economy. I'm going to stop the civil unrest in the streets. You know, I'm going to stop the boat from rocking, basically, you know, to put it in. To, to draw some kind of an analogy. And he didn't. I mean, Sean, he didn't. You know what I mean? That's mm. the bottom line. And then in the Rust Belt, you can't discount that Biden did better with some working class whites than Hillary Clinton did. He's lost those working class whites now, which is a big, that it's, itself is a big deal. And there are significant African-American populations in several of these states. And Trump is, it is nothing for Trump to notch 18 to 22% of the vote in each one of these states. So in Michigan, um, in Wayne County, he's doing about six points better than he did in 2020. I mean, that's huge. Sean, that's huge. Wayne County is a ton of votes. A Democrat will net 300,000 votes out of that one county. You chop into that with six points, you're doing severe damage to their statewide margin. And he looks like he would take back some of the other counties that he did lose, um, some of the smaller bellwethers, you know. So uh, I think it's, as it always is in politics, a combination of things. But if I could dumb it down to one simple thing, voters have a very easy choice. They remember how Donald Trump governed. They remember what things were like under Donald Trump. You had to take the good with the bad. And he wasn't exactly a consoler in chief, right? And their thing, the vote always was rocking, but their lives were better. Can I just put this really simple? Their lives were better. This is something I, I, I'm like always trying to explain this in simple layman's terms. 
for all of my like peers who work at the you know university or Virginia Center for Politics, you know, and we all know who I'm talking about. Like people like him, he just doesn't seem to get it. Like Larry, you're always doing good because you live off of the government. You know what? You live off of that system. Everyone else does not. You're insulated. You are sheltered. You know, you're in a cubicle where the world outside doesn't harm you, doesn't bother you. It harms these people when you pick a president who does dumb stuff. It hurts them personally. It hurts them when they go to the store and they can't afford eggs. I mean, it's just every little thing and it piles up. It really does. It piles up. So the, I think the number one thing we're hearing is that uh, Donald Trump was a better president. There is a lot of offhand comments about Rona McDaniel. And I don't mean to jump on her, uh, but okay. it's we want to hear more it. than we want to hear yeah, it. I, I mean, I'm telling you, one person I was telling uh, Charlie Kirk last night, um, which some people actually, <laughs> they disputed whether or not this actually happened. I printed out the transcript. I actually showed it to you. <laughs> I dropped it in your text I, message. I, so you I saw remember, it. I saw right? it. Right. I saw it and, and read are, it. Yep. There are more of them. This is a theme where some people, again, they'll come out for Donald Trump, but there's just no way they're going to come out for other Republicans. For They're just not. They're tired of people abandoning them, and they're tired of people not proving worthy of their vote. I mean, it's that simple, and they're over it. And that one uh, guy, he was like, um, you know, when Rona's gone, then I'll vote again. You can have my vote again when Rona is gone. I'm tired of this. You know, so you can feel, and listen, just to be fair to her, I think that's because there's no accountability. You know, maybe she's getting, you know, the 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 attack of the week, the attack of the day. It's on her now. But they have had a series of disappointments, and nobody ever seems to pay a price for it. Well, that's nobody exactly seen, right, right, Rich. Yeah, that's exactly so, right. I mean, this would not be. I, I, look, I get it. I I I don't want to be overly tough on her either. But it's important that people know the truth. Accountability yeah, matters in all of our lives. Right. If we're not doing something right or we do something wrong, we get held accountable for it in a just, insane world. And I think the American people are tired of seeing the elites in either party get away with things that they should be held accountable for. Like, for example, stuff like this would not fly on a professional sports franchise. A culture of losing, which the Republicans have, would not fly. Um, I want to get your thoughts on one more thing before we go out, though, Rich. Let me let me shift gears real quick about Trump and we talk about like new strategies and stuff. And you know, as a campaign, you're always, you talked about Trump's image. He wasn't a consoler in chief. I have to tell you, I saw this, the, that video of Trump on grandparents day, walking his little granddaughter into school yeah. that listen, listen, yeah. that this is a side of Trump that I know. And I know of his family, but the media never shows it to the American people. And if the American people got more of a glimpse, a window into that part of him, I, I mean, seriously, less bombast and more yeah. Trump, the family man. I think he, that's, I mean, look, yeah. his polling is already, is already out of this world, but I think that's the nail in the coffin. Yeah, I, I actually 100% agree with you on that. I like, I called them in 2020, the seasick voters. They liked his policy. They like how he governed, but you know, they're normies and they just don't like chaos and they don't like instability. And if he would just have consoled them a little bit, showed them a different side to him that, you know, people like us know exists, right? And by the way, but they know it exists. They know it exists because you could go back pre-Donald Trump, the presidential candidate, and see them constantly showcasing 
his better side. Uh, Al Sharpton, if you would have you know bumped into Al Sharpton in 2014, right before he decided you know to go to CPAC and make that speech a year later, Sharpton would have told you what a wonderful father he is, what a wonderful family man he is. Exactly. The city of New York, which now wants to put him in the ground and seize his assets, would have told you that the New York City skyline would not look that way without the Trump family and because of their dedication to the city that they loved. Um, you didn't need to save that roller skating rink. He thought it would be a good place for New Yorkers and their families. Uh, and again, I thought this is the one thing. I never did like the idea of Ivanka Trump around. I didn't. But she did a great <laughs> job of softening her father. You know, nobody could go out there and talk to people about him like Ivanka could do. And she would show people and think about the conventions, especially the 2016 convention. She went out there and before he gave that speech, which I think I'll tell you what, I remember it like it was yesterday. She's made him into a man like that. And then he came out and delivered the I am your voice speech. And I I remember it because between her, you know, with that intro and then him coming out there and saying they've screwed you for years. I'm your voice. I was like, this election is over. You know, I mean, (laughs) and if he could do that again, and Laura will tell you that I turned around and said, we could just stop wasting the money now for polling because this thing is done. Hillary Clinton is not going to beat that. It's just not, you know, Um, and look what happened. I think there was a lot of that missing in 2020. I think it got too consultant-y, you know, too many, too many consultants, um, too many, uh, you know, the the people who think the power of the incumbency will get, will, will cover for their mediocrity. Which, by the way, Bill, I'm talking to you, telling Bannon on election night, don't listen to that guy. He's an amateur. Look at you now, Bill. Those margins were insurmountable. Chode, you were totally wrong. I told you don't go to sleep, you lazy bum. Don't go to sleep. <laughs> well, listen, well, Savage Rich, to listen. Scott Walker's people, and uh, he, they assured us our math is right. Uh, that's an insurmountable lead. I'm like, okay, you'll be gone. You, you, by the time you take your nappy poo with your little hot milky, you'll wake up the next day and you'll lost. You'll have lost. Well, Bannon thinks that's hilarious. So, <laughs> Savage Rich, everybody. Listen, if you're watching the show, we come to the tail end of the show. But if you made it this far, like and subscribe this channel. If you're watching from Red Voice Media, come over here, subscribe to Battleground Live and vice versa. If you're watching from Battleground Live, go subscribe to Red Voice. If you're watching from both channels, go subscribe to People's Pundit and make sure you subscribe to his locals to get an inside insight on what's happening inside the numbers. Uh, Rich Barris, best pollster in the business. Um, thanks for coming on, man. And God bless you, man. Have a, have a good night. And, and everybody else, um, thanks for watching the show. God bless you all. Um, and you know, Hey, seriously, God bless you all. And to the rich bears, uh, people's pundit, AKA Savage rich. We love having you here. We love having you in the live chat. You are welcome. Every time we also love Savage rich, but God bless you all. Uh, and God bless this amazing country that we live in. We will see you tomorrow night. Take care. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. 
Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.